0: Jesus is real.
1: There's power in your name. We trust in your ways we need. Jesus is
0: real. It's about the breaking apart of the fabric of God's creation. None of us live in a vacuum, as it were. None of us live without every decision we make impacting something or somebody. And part of the struggle I think we have with this reality is we live in an individualistic society, which says, well, listen, it's my life. Why should you care what I do? Because it's mine. It's like, no, no, we should care what other people do because it impacts all of us.
1: If you've seen nothing else over the past few months, it's definitely become clear how one person's choices affect everyone around them. Today, Pastor Daniel echoed this truth when he shared that one person's sins affect the entire community. We don't live in a vacuum. Your choices have a ripple effect in the lives of those around you. The decisions you make have a greater impact than just on you because you're part of something bigger. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Numbers chapter 15 as he continues his message, Laws Revisited.
0: verse 27, and if a person sins unintentionally, then he shall bring a female goat in the first year as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for the person who sins unintentionally when he sins unintentionally before the Lord to make atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. You shall have one law for him who sins unintentionally, for him who is a native born among the children of Israel, and for the stranger who dwells among them. Now, this is the ordinances for somebody who transgresses against the law but doesn't realize they're doing it. Notice it's an unintentional sin. Now, what you have to realize is because it's unintentional, they did not do it with malice aforethought, would be the way we would say it. They were not premeditated in their rebellion, but they did something that still violated God's commandments. And you notice here that God still holds them accountable for making mistakes that they did not realize was a mistake. Now there's an important truth in that for us because oftentimes we think, well, you know, I didn't know. And so I shouldn't be held accountable. No, what's wrong is wrong, whether or not we realize it or not. And God's ways is because he is the truth because he is pure love, because he is just, he will call it what it is, even if we don't realize it. Now, you're going to notice that God is going to deal with an unintentional breaking of the law differently than he deals with an intentional breaking of the law. So he realizes just the way our court system has grabbed hold of this, where you have something like murder in the first degree, which is with malice aforethought, or something like unintentional, Manslaughter, And they're both considered wrong because a life has been lost, but the severity of the penalty is different given the heart condition of the person making the mistake. So even though we don't quite know if you sin unintentionally, even though you didn't know it was wrong, you have to realize it's still wrong. And Jesus still died on the cross because you committed a sin even though you didn't realize it was a sin. Okay first notice this. When someone sins unintentionally, we find out that the priest has to make atonement for the whole congregation. Do you notice that in verse 25? Why? Because we're a family and we're a body and one person's unintentional mistake tarnishes the whole family because it's about the breaking apart of the fabric of God's creation. None of us live in a vacuum, as it were. None of us live without every decision we make impacting something or somebody. And part of the struggle I think we have with this reality is we live in an individualistic society, which says, well, listen, it's my life. Why should you care what I do? Because it's mine. It's like, no, no, we should care what other people do because it impacts all of us. It impacts all of us. We are part of something much bigger than just our own lives. And so now we start to see if we grab hold of the biblical understanding of the human family, and specifically the people of God, we start to view our lives differently because we say, if I do not take care of my side of things, my whole family suffers. All the people suffer. When one of us fails, we all fail in a way. That changes the way you look at it. It's not just about either you or you and your family. It's all of us. And I think as churches, sometimes we've made mistakes with that because sometimes I think, well, listen, yeah, I, I just want to sleep in, and so I'm not going to go to church. Imagine if the pastor slept in. If all of a sudden, now imagine, imagine you guys came tonight, and I just didn't show. Where's Pastor Daniel? I don't know where he is. No one knows where he is. Because I was hanging out at Wendy's. I was going for an extra double baconator or whatever. Because I was just into that at that moment. That's what I wanted to do. And most people say, that's bad of me, right? Why is it different? Listen, if your eye takes the day off from working, it's gonna be, your body's gonna struggle. If your foot takes the day off, your body's gonna struggle. If your small intestines take the day off, it's gonna struggle. Most people don't even know what the appendix does, but if it's not working, everything's really, really bad because every part of the body impacts the rest of the body. And we have to think of our lives bigger than just our own life. We have to say, God, I need you to give me your view of my life and the roles that I play within the community of the people of God. Because what you find, that one person is unintentional, unintentionally transgressing the law, it actually, it actually stains the whole community, and the whole community needs to be cleansed again. Now, if you think about that, This is also why the children of Israel did a great job of helping their people understand what God's commandments are. Because they realized that they were all in it together. Strong. Teaching. This is what the Bible says. This is the commandments of the Lord. And I think we should take the commandments and what's in God's word really seriously that way. So notice, there is a forgiveness for the congregation, and then there is the forgiveness for the individual. So it deals with all the people. And then it deals with the individual. And again, you have all these things like the a female lamb or a male lamb with the, with the grain offering and the drink offering. And of course, I always love the, the, it's a sweet aroma to the Lord. Uh, a lot of pastors like to make the joke that it's God digs the smell of a barbecue. Um, and I don't actually think it's wrong, but the the idea, the idea isn't so much about God's nostrils. It's the sense of something being well-pleasing. Like I'll be honest, so I'm all Italian and food's a love language for me. And I love when I get home from work and if Lynn's cooking, as I, I eat pull into the garage and you you walk out and you could smell something's going on. And depending on what she's cooking, you, you could smell it, and you're just like, ooh, and it's it's a pleasurable experience. And so what we learn is that these sacrifices bring God pleasure. When the people acknowledge him when the people acknowledge that when they transgress, that God's holiness is offended, that God takes pleasure in the human awareness and worship of who he is. So listen, with that, do yourself a favor. Don't sin unintentionally. I think that's probably the simplest lesson. Know what's in God's word and follow it and don't pretend that ignorance is bliss. I always like to tell people, ignorance may be bliss, but it's still ignorance. And last time I checked, ignorance isn't always that good of a thing. So know God's heart and live it out. And again, if you want to study more, we looked at unintentional sin, Leviticus chapter 4. Again, that's in the sacrifice series. Now, moving into verse 30, it says, but the person who does anything presumptuously, whether he is a native born or a stranger, that one brings reproach. On the Lord, he shall be cut off from among the people because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be completely cut off. His guilt shall be upon him. Now, this is a very, very serious response. When somebody knows that something is wrong and they defiantly sin against the Lord. In the Hebrew, it literally means he sins with a high hand, which speaks of arrogance and blasphemy. That person is called to suffer the death penalty under the law. Why? Because they are in complete rebellion and defiance against the Lord. Notice, he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be completely cut off. Now, show of hands. How many of you have sinned intentionally in your life? Yep. And this is why we believe in Jesus, my friends. Jesus died the death that we deserve because every single one of us has sinned intentionally. Your parents said, I don't want you to eat that cookie, and you ate the cookie. I don't want you to talk, And you spoke. I want you to sit down. You sit down, but I'm standing up in the inside. We have all done that. And this is why we believe unabashedly, unashamedly in the finished work of the man, Christ Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. That is why he died on a cross, because he took the cutting off that we deserved, because he knew that that punishment would bury us for eternity, And my friends, that is why, that is why for 2,000 years until the Lord comes back, people are going to proclaim the name of Jesus. Because he is the only one who will take your punishment and take my punishment. You will never find somebody who will completely stand and take all of the punishment that we deserve. And that is because Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. Jesus took what we deserve. He took our punishment for presumptuous sin. That's why we believe in him. Now, with that being said, the Bible tells us that we should not sin that grace may abound. So if you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, don't sin presumptuously. He died and rose again, not so that we keep doing things that we know are wrong. We love God enough to hate the sin and quit the sin and follow after him. And listen, my friends, if you are struggling, and we all are, you need to talk to people, confess your sins to one another, drag it into the light, and deal with it before it progressively gets worse. John Owen, the great Puritan preacher, said you're either killing sin or sin is killing you. So you are either on the offensive or you are being pummeled by it. That is the human condition. That's why Jesus would say things, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He's not saying, he's not the God of amputation, like popping eyes out and want you no hands. What he's saying is that you gotta deal rootlessly with the garbage in your life, and so do I. And Jesus places that stuff in our care, and his spirit says, I need you to stop that, but we need to be willing to go to the mattresses with this stuff. We have to be careful because it's so easy to know the forgiveness of God. I'm just going to keep doing it again. I'm going to do it again because I know Jesus is going to forgive me. He's always forgiven me. We should not sin that grace may abound. In the King James says, God forbid. God forbid. We need to press into his grace. Now listen, know what the problem is, is with outing yourself on your struggles? Shame. That's the problem with it. But guess what? you got shame already. Just because nobody knows does not mean you're not walking around full of shame. But the only way to get past your shame is to speak it out loud and receive the grace of God. See, no amount of covering up is gonna change the shame factor. You ain't fooling anybody, neither am I. The only way shame can be eliminated is by the extravagant grace of God. So my brothers, my sisters, if you know it's wrong, stop and tell somebody. Listen, just, you know, whoever you tell, they're a sinner too. There shouldn't be any judgment because we all are seeking to follow the Lord. Look around. All of us sinners in need of a savior. All of us redeemable by the grace of God. That's the gospel. There's not, the only perfect person in this room is Jesus of Nazareth. All the rest of us jacked up. And I'm the first among us. I'm not saying you guys are jacked up. No, we are. The gospel is, is that God is not content to leave us all jacked up. That's the gospel. He's like, I love you and I'll take you with all your mangledness, all your struggles. Yes, you're my child, come on. But I'm gonna change you in the process. Because I love you too much to keep you this way. I want to restore and renew and do a work, but we have to submit ourselves to the work and the care and the prescriptions of the great physician. And it's so easy to just slide over. I just don't want to deal with it. But I'm here to tell you, a lot of us have experienced it. If you don't deal with the sickness in your life, it's going to get worse. It's progressive. It never stops right where it is. It never does presumptuous sin punishable by death by death now look going on from here verse 32 now while the children of israel were in the wilderness they found a man gathering sticks on the sabbath day now those who found him gathering sticks brought him to moses and aaron and to all the congregation they put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him then the lord said to moses The man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So, as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. Now, what you have here is you have a man who's breaking the Sabbath law, he's picking up sticks. And the idea is he's picking up sticks to make a fire, to build a house or something. Now, don't forget, they were told to do no customary work, and God was feeding them with extra food on the day before the Sabbath, so they didn't have to do any work on the Sabbath. But notice, they found this man picking up sticks, and they said, God, we don't know what to do with this guy. What do we do? And so what did they do? They inquired of the Lord. I like this. My friends, if you don't know what to do, inquire of the Lord. If you don't have a verse that just runs out there and you're like, that's the verse that we're supposed to follow, you gotta say, we should pray. You know what happens if you don't say we should pray? Then we all do whatever seems right in our own mind and guess what? That never works good. Especially with the fact that everybody's got something else in their own mind, right? One person wants to do this, one person wants to do this and before you know it, nobody knows what they're doing and someone's losing their mind. That's what happens. Inquire of the Lord. Say, Lord, what is your will? What is your will? And they went to the Lord and said, Lord, what do we do? You know, we found this guy. He was picking up sticks and he wasn't playing pick up sticks. He was working on the Sabbath. And the Lord said, this man needs to be put to death. Stone him with stones outside the camp. And I love the fact that God knew that we were going to live in 21st century Pacific Northwest. He said, stone him with stones. I don't have to say, not like stone him with weed or stone him with whatever. God clarified. This is killing him by throwing rocks at him. That's what it means. Because God knew we were going to be here today, and we needed that clarification. Because I know somebody be here be like, I'm going to pick up sticks, God. They're going to stone me. Nice. <laughs> Not you guys, but somebody, somebody here is thinking that, you sinner. No, but you know what I mean? And so now I know what some of you are thinking. I'm making a joke, but some of you are thinking, I mean, are you serious? Like they're going to kill the guy for doing work on the Sabbath day? You know what the answer is? Yes. Why? Because it's a presumptuous sin, and the wages of sin in the Bible is What? Death, and the reason we don't like the fact that sinning equals death is because we all sin all the time and we forget that God is a just and holy God. The reason we think that's extreme is because we are so used to being rebellious that we're like, well, what's the big deal? I'm always like this. That's the problem. And that God is so perfect that it's absolutely offensive to a perfect God. And the reason I think people in our day and age struggle with biblical morality is because the church is not putting forth the vision of the biblical God, not just a God of love, but a God of justice and holiness and majesty and wisdom. And we're always like, oh, well, God's loving. So why would a loving God want people that? No, God is in his love is also properly just love involves anger and jealousy at anything that goes against God's perfect plan because God is jealous for us, not because he's deficient, but because he loves us so much, he only wants the best for us. How many parents know what it's like to be jealous for your kids? Every parent does. Why? Because you see them and you want the best for them, and you want their friends to be amazing, and you want them to do so well because they're your child, and you think the world of them. And we get that. Now, listen, we can take that jealousy and we can make our kids all crazy and we can they're having ulcers when they're five because you're yelling at them from the soccer sidelines and all that kind of stuff. But that's our own garbage. You know what I mean? But every parent, in a way, is jealous for the blessing and the benefit of their kids. And we get that from our Heavenly Father. He's jealous for us not because he's deficient. He's jealous for us because he knows what's at stake and he wants the best for us. All sins are punishable by death. Don't get me wrong. There are differing levels of severity as we experience them on earth, but all sins are also saved the same way by the finished work of Jesus. Now we might think all breaking the Sabbath. I mean, I can't believe this is such a big deal. It is a big deal. Now someone's going to say, well, why don't we keep the Sabbath, Pastor Daniel? Why? Because we read our Bibles and Jesus is our Sabbath rest. We need to Sabbath so that we learn how to rest and we live in a crazy culture that nobody ever stops working. Workaholism is the perfect proof that our society is broken. I mean, who wants to work themselves to death? All of us do, right? A little bit. It's the sickness. But Jesus, in Jesus, we cease from our labors. So listen, Don't worry about what the Sabbath day is. Jesus is the eternal Sabbath of the people of God. In Jesus, we stop working and we are saved by grace apart from work. Still rest. Have a discipline and a rhythm of rest in your life and family. It's good for you. That was made for you, not you for the rest. But Jesus is our rest. Look at verse 37. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels on the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined and that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So the tassels, or if you would see them today uh, in Hebrew, they call them titzis. And if you go to either Israel, if you're part of the tour that we're going to be taking in November over there, or if you've ever seen a picture of somebody who is a more uh, conservative or orthodox practicing Jewish person, they'd have the little, uh, the little tassels out. And the idea is, the tassels are there to remind them of God's commandments, right? That one, they have a blue thread in them. I was actually going to wear them tonight, and I couldn't find them in my closet, but I have a pair of them, and it's a reminder. And, you know, reminders are good things. That's really the key. What do you need to do to remember what God has for you? Whatever you need to do to remember, we need to remember, because God knows that we're apt to forget. You could imagine for a Jewish person who was walking, they'd look down, and the men would see the little tassel, and they would say, Oh, yeah, I'm following God. I'm following His commandments. Some people put, like today, some of you put rubber bands on your arm, or you do all these different things to remind you of this is what I'm trying to do. This is who God has called me to
1: be. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that the reason that we don't like that death is the cost of sin is because we're so used to our own sin and don't think it's that big of a deal. We forget that God is just and holy. Pastor Daniel encouraged the church to remind people that God's character includes justice and holiness as well as love. You also learned that God is jealous for you because he wants the best for you and he knows what's at stake if you go your own way. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just wanna say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked
0: you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655
1: or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will address the topic of authority. You'll discover that authority itself is neither good nor bad part of the person wielding the power determines whether it oppresses or builds up. Pastor Daniel, will share that God was the one who placed Moses and Aaron in authority over the Israelites, and that people are pushing against God's decision. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel, we'll continue teaching through this series called Wilderness. Until then, may God bless.